Welcome to Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. In their series, Questions from Prison, Rich and Susan Kallenberg share 14 messages they teach to prisoners and answer their questions from within the walls of captivity. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom 18 years ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Now here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. How are you doing today, Susan? I'm doing very well. You're doing well. Uh, What are we doing today? What are we talking about? We're going to talk a little bit more about our prison ministry. This is, of course, the title of the program is Questions from Prison. What prison? From Folsom Prison, the women's facility. Folsom Women's Facility, which Mm -hmm. we've been going in every Saturday Mm -hmm. and ministering to the the women in there and well wait a minute i think they've been ministering to us as well it's they it's have, funny how that works isn't it and and i think uh as we talk about the program today that's exactly what the uh the lesson if you will that we that we discussed it, uh this saturday in the prison um let's see before we get started would you begin with a word of prayer yes our loving Father in heaven, we are very grateful that um, you have called each and every one of us to the kingdom. And Lord, I just pray now that as we go through this program, as we study who you are and what you're willing to do and go through, may we draw closer to you and may you send your Holy Spirit to continue to draw us closer to you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And of course, we are in Folsom Women's Facility as usual and what we are doing there, of course, is going through the book, Steps to Christ, Recovery Edition. Now, this is an interesting book. Um, it actually was rewritten by a heroin addict from L.A., mm-hmm. a woman by the name of Cherie Peters, and it and it's a very, very good recovery book. If you know someone that is, uh, that is struggling, uh, the, the title of the book tells it all, Steps to Christ, Recovery Edition, and I think we're all trying at some in some way, shape, or form, to recover from sin, right? Uh, and and it's a it's a wonderful book. If you want to get the book, you can give us a call at nine one six six four five one two nine seven. That's nine one six six four five one two nine seven. Now, typically, when we go in to the women's facility, uh, they have a whiteboard there, and and as we start the day off, we write some questions up on the whiteboard. And we just wrote two this week, and the two questions that we wrote were, number one, is it possible to love others? And the second question we wrote was, why are we given a part in God's plan to help others? And it was an interesting response that we got, um, that we got, of course, to the first one, is it possible to love others? And they all, with a resounding yes, said yes, said yes, yes. And then we asked the question right after that, a little uh, side question, do we? And they all said no. no. Which brought us to the next question, which was, why are we given a part in God's plan to help others? And it all ties together. Of course, once again, the title of this series is Questions from Prison, and uh, we're in week nine. 
And what is the title for week nine, Susan? The title is called um, A Reason for Living, The Work and the Life. Respond to the call to love others like Jesus loves you. And I think that's the key. Uh, Jesus, he yearns to rescue broken people. You know, while he was on earth, he spent all of his time encouraging and healing anyone who struggled with pain, the dysfunction. You know, he held nothing back in his passion to bring hope and healing to suffering people. That's just who he was. That's what he did. Right. You know, the angels are like Jesus that way. You know, they love to help. They love to work for others. But some of us are arrogant and proud, aren't we? Yes. And sometimes we think we're too good, or maybe we, maybe we don't say that we, we think we're too good. It's just very hard to hang out with people that we think might not be of our class. Mm-hmm. And even harder yet to help them because we will simply say, I don't, I don't know how to help Right. Them. I think it's an insecurity within ourselves that brings us to that conclusion. But as we follow Jesus, um, his attitude is going to rub off on us. It will, won't it? Right. Because it, Maybe it'll rub a little bit of that pride off and a little bit of the arrogance off. And, and, and I think we see our true condition and then we're able I, to... I, you're right. You're right, be because, you know, the more you look at Jesus, the more you see your true condition, and right. it does change you, doesn't right. it? Yes, because we know by, that the Bible says, by beholding, you become changed. So what you behold and what you admire, you become into you you become that. And so when you have Jesus in your heart, um, it's something that, you, that you just exudes, hide. right? It you, just comes out. You can't out hide. Yes. You know, um, we've talked about it before, and I think it's a classic example. When you have Jesus in your heart, you, you naturally... And we're going to talk about that today, but you, you, you begin to want to start to help others. But, uh, you know, there are people, and, you know, I've vacillated there. We all do, where we try to stamp out sin in our life. Uh, we try to wait it out. But you can't stamp out sin. You can't wait it out. You have to crowd it out. Right. I mean, that's how it works. It's mm-hmm. just a principle. And so that's why Jesus says, you know, let me employ you. Stop mm-hmm. working for the devil. Right. And let me employ you. And and if if you're under my employment, then sin will will fade in the rearview mirror. You'll right. just want to help others. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. When the love of Jesus is in your life, it is like a spring of water. Um. You know we have we have our little animals, our little donkeys, and and. They prefer to drink when the, we have a seasonal creek that runs through the property, and they prefer to drink out of that creek. Uh, but during the summertime, when that creek dries up, we have uh, you know water trough. Right. What do we have to do with that water trough about every three or four days? It has to be scrubbed. It has to be scrubbed because it gets stagnant, it gets moldy, and they don't like drinking out of it. I mean, they drink out of it. They're donkeys, you know. But I sure wouldn't drink right. out of it. Sometimes we'll see the cat run over there and drink out of it. I'm going, come on, man, don't drink out of that. But there's no running water available. And if we don't keep it clean, it gets stagnant. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a a Christian life. If you're not moving, if you're not running, if you're not allowing, if you're not growing, you become stagnant, you know. And and it's just the way things are. Um, You ever been really thirsty? Yes. You ever been really thirsty for the gospel? Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, we may have uh, tried many damaging ways to satisfy our thirst before we find Jesus, and, but he is um, the love of our life. He's the water of life. 
And now we get to show our love for Jesus by working as he did and and act as he did by encouraging people and helping people and helping people to be healed, not just physically, but also spiritually as well, showing them the same love, kindness, and sympathy that he has shown me. And I think if you keep that in the forefront of our minds all the time, it's very helpful. You know, we get angry at somebody or whatever, um, or frustrated with somebody, which we'll talk about anger and frustration here in a minute. Uh, we get, we get that way and we seem to forget that Jesus has been so gracious to us and he's put up with I know with me he's put up with so much well my wife has put up with so much too <laughs> I think it seems to me around my life everybody has put up with so much well but I think in I think um, we as human beings are selfish in nature right mm-hmm. and so we um, if we allow that nature to take over then um, it we are, we're always thinking of ourselves before we think of others, and it's supposed to be the other way around. Well, you know, and, and we just when we're thinking of ourselves, it will cause us not to be able to want to make amends, right. and making amends is healing. Right. It will cause us uh, not to want to, to do the right thing simply because it is right, because selfishness will cloud our motives, you know. And when we're, when we're angry or when we're frustrated— um, usually because something has happened to us or what in fact anger basically in in manifests itself in two forms frustration and hurt frustration you know there's something that you're wanting that you're not getting mm-hmm. and you get frustrated which makes you angry or there's something happening to you that you don't want to happen to you is manifested in hurt and it also makes you angry mm-hmm. and so anger is a temporary fix for this emotional pain that one is going through. Right. Okay. It's kind of like a drug of choice. It's a drug of choice right. many times. And oftentimes people with anger issues have drug issues mm-hmm. because they just go hand in hand. They're trying to to heal this emotional pain, trying to temporarily fix this emotional pain. And, uh, you know, it's not easy. In fact, loving is not easy, is it? That's right. You know, Jesus didn't live his life for his own interests or pleasures. Everything he did was to bless someone else. From the rough manger where he was born to the rough cross where he died, Jesus lived a life of total self-denial. He worked long hours, traveled long distances on foot, uh, served difficult people, and um, he faced so many difficult challenges, and he took on just exhausting responsibilities. You know, and and if you think about it, if, if you were to ask the question, what does God like? Mm-hmm. After watching what Jesus did with people, wouldn't you simply have a one-word answer? God likes people. Yes. Mm-hmm. God likes people. He's interested in people. He's concerned with people. He wants the best for people. And he didn't. It didn't matter to him what condition those people were in, whether they were suffering physically or mentally. He bid everybody to come to him. Yeah, you know, uh, and like to toss in a little. Who were the hardest? people for him to reach. I think it was the church hierarchy. It was, Mm -hmm. which is so interesting. The Mm -hmm. people that claimed to know God the best Mm -hmm. didn't know God. Right. In fact, they accused Jesus of having a devil. Mm -hmm. And all Jesus was doing was showing, revealing the Father who was interested in people Mm -hmm. and wanted to make people well. 
Right. See, the devil's the one that wants to hurt you. He's the destroyer. He's the destroyer. And the accuser. Yeah, God is the creator and the healer. Right. I mean, if you look at the book of Job, it's very clear who's doing the damage in that book. Right. And who reluctantly allows the devil to do that damage. And, of course, that 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 is uh, a much bigger picture than we're going to deal with today in regards to the book of Job and what's actually happening in that heavenly meeting with the devil accusing God of, of playing favorites with Job and all this stuff that's going on. But it, but it, it all boils down to God is interested in people. Mm-hmm. He wants to help people. Um, if, if, you, if Jesus has forgiven you and you've received the gift of eternal life, you'll find yourself eager to share this, his love with others. It's just a byproduct, if you will. It's, it's, like, you, if, it's like a fruit tree. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, does uh, does an apple growing on the fruit tree make the tree the apple tree? No, it's the tree is still a, an apple tree. The tree is the apple tree, right? Right. That so the the tree itself produces the apple, right? That's how you know it's an apple tree. But mm-hmm. but the fruit itself, because we get it backwards sometimes. We try to make ourselves be something that we're not. And it's the apple tree that produces the apple. The apple does not make the tree the apple tree. We always have to remember that, don't we? Mm-hmm. The tree is what produces the fruit. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about in that second question that we asked, that we put up on the board, why does God employ us to help others? And he gave us that part uh to rescue hurting people, I think, and, and you touched on it early, which I thought was uh, re, uh, a good observation, is that the more that we're working with Jesus, number one, the more we realize how much we need him mm-hmm. because we're getting closer to him. Mm-hmm. And the closer we get to him, the easier it is to help other people, to help hurting people, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and he works to remove the shortcomings. He works to give us that character like himself. And... One thing we want to remember, and it, it sin changes you. Right. By the same token, love changes you. Mm-hmm. So which do you choose? You know, we've said it time and time again. A guy that commits adultery is different after he's committed adultery. But a guy that has helped someone is different that day after he's helped that person. Right. So it's it's the same old... Uh, the same old story over and again, and God is saying, you know, hook up with me. Hook up with me and you'll be changed. And I like the text from um, John one twenty nine. It says, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Takes it you away. You know, so we rely upon him uh-huh. so, to take our sin away. And so and by trusting him, because it's, sometimes it's hard. You, you're going you're gonna to go help somebody. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to help them. Mm-hmm. You don't know really what to do, and you have to trust Jesus because, number one, you're part of the medication that he's ministering to that person. Right. He would have it no other way. And and you said it earlier in the program, who gets ministered the most when we go into the women's facility? I think a lot of times it's us. It's us. Right. We walk out different people. We are changed mm-hmm. every time we come out of that place. Right. And hopefully the women are in there, and I'm quite encouraged. And, and, you know, by the feedback and the answers to the questions, of course, it it really sounds like good, good things are happening there. Mm -hmm. So everybody wins. Uh, That's a good deal. It's an exchange where where both parties win. 
And that's what love does. Both parties win in a loving, nurturing relationship. People don't get hurt. Sin is what hurts when we become selfish in those relationships. And that's that's what happened in this whole picture of, of what God's trying to communicate to us. And the, the bigger picture is that if we continue to take, if we continue to be selfish, selfish and self-focused, then that's going to lead to do, to death and ruin. But, you know, the Bible tells us it's better to give than to receive. Just think if everybody gave. That's so simple. Wouldn't that be like incredible, the whole, if everybody just gave? And so we it's were so going simple. on the freeway because we were coming on the freeway <laughs> today. So instead of desiring to get in front of the car, you gave and, and you know, it would the, the roads would just travel you know, very, very smoothly and very nicely. Everything would be so different. And I believe that's exactly what heaven is going to be like. It will. It, you know, we, we go back to, I don't know if we've told this story before, but what happens when you leave late for work? Because we were talking about anger and frustration earlier. Yes. What happens when you leave late for work and then a slow car gets in front of you? Uh-huh. And what happens? <laughs> do you get angry? Sometimes I do. Sometimes you do. <laughs> Why? Because they're in my way. <laughs> well, because they're in your way. Because right. you're late, right? Yes. Okay. Because you need. Because so that, I made the decision to do whatever I did to cause myself to be late. Okay. And, and so, now, now I'm going to take it out on somebody else. And so you're gonna, you're not gonna electronically swear at them and honk your horn, are you? Sometimes. Ooh. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just being honest. Okay. So, so, but what happens? See, in the anger, is you have the two parts. You have the frust, you have the frustration. Where there's something happening, something you want, you're not getting it. And then you have something happening to you that you don't want to happen to you. Okay. The thing you're not getting is you're not getting to work. So that's frustrating you. And the thing that's happening to you that you didn't want to happen is someone has pulled in front of you and slowed you down. See, and that's what happens in life. Anger manifesting itself in in those two forms, frustration and, and so frustration and hurt. And so what happens is we try to we try to fix that ourselves. Mm-hmm. We try to and, and that's at the root of all addictions is trying to fix something ourselves. Now if we're yoked up with Jesus and we're working under his employment instead of the devil's and we're no longer being selfish, right? Right. Then what happens? Everything fades in the rearview mirror. In, in other words, we're no longer worried about these small things that cause us anger and frustration. We're looking at a much bigger picture. That's what I was going to say. You can step back and you can see that there's so much more going on in life. And um, uh, to allow the small things to to draw us to a place where we don't want to be, to act us, to have us act in a way that that is unchristian is um, because that'll continue to happen. You mean honking your horn at somebody is not Christian when they pulled in front of you? Correct. Correct. So, but are you a different person after you've honked yes. that horn? Yes. Yeah. See, so that's the thing. So when we're when we're when we're yoked up with Jesus, we're looking at a much bigger picture. Right. We're looking at eternal things. We're looking at working with people f- for eternity, for right. for eternal purposes, and so those smaller things become smaller and smaller to us. And the bigger things, the more important things, we are working in a loving relationship, so it's give, give, win, win. And that's why I believe that uh, the last fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Self-control. Self-mastery. And so when when we allow the Spirit to come into our life, when we have self-control, then, then we're safe to save. Then we're safe to live in a heavenly community, and we won't harm another person and um, 
it, it it's going to be that cycle of beneficence where everybody is giving and living in harmony you, and peace. You mean there won't be any prisons for us to go visit in heaven? No prisons. No, no prison cells. No bars on the windows. How no about, police. No police. No police. No. No locks on the doors. No locks on the doors. None of that stuff. Huh? We're going. Everybody is going to be free to choose, and we're all going to make the decision to choose freedom and truth and peace and love. That that we're going to. That's what's going to happen when we get there. Is we're going to be a people that um, desire true love and true peace. Let's let's relate this a little bit to, because yet you're you're hundred percent right. The, the only way to grow spiritually is to do the work Jesus has given you to do, doing your best to help and encourage others. Because strength comes by exercise. Activity is essential to life, right? See, some people live a very passive, if you will, Christian life, mm-hmm. like the stagnant water trough we just talked about, right? And Accepting God's blessings, of course, and yet doing nothing for him, and that's like someone who eats and never exercises. Doing that will eventually what? It'll kill kill you. And it's the same thing spiritually. We will die spiritually if we're not moving forward. If we're not moving forward, we are stagnant. Mm -hmm. Stagnant water troughs, they don't look so good. There's little things swimming around in them, and there's Mm -hmm. that green, icky mold, and it stinks. And it's just not pretty, is it? No, it's not. Um, so it's wonderful that um, through all this and through all that we go through, that God does choose us to help in his plan of salvation. That's why he employs, you know, we know he employs the angels and, and all that other stuff, but he He employs people like you and me and, and everybody that's out there listening to reach out and to um, be concerned about another person because it, hopefully it changes that person and then it, it in turn changes us. What's it feel like to be chosen of God to go into the prison and help women? It's, it's, and watch them in the hallway say, I'm not going into that class. And then for someone to go into that class, actually, that said they weren't going to, go into that class and the next week bring three more people. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's nothing better than to see that. That's those are eternal rewards, right? And and to for them to understand that they don't have to live the way the the way that they lived that that brought them there, right? That they can't solve those problems that they've been trying to solve with the same kind of thinking. That they have to use a new. There has to be a new way of thinking, a whole new um, way of thinking. Once we can get the boat turned a little bit. To where they understand that there's a new way of thinking, um, that's the Holy Spirit. Just you can see the Holy Spirit working. And God wants to give all of us that new way of thinking, that new heart. That heart represents our reasoning capabilities, and He desires that we all have a new heart. That's right. How how far is the prison from our house? Probably forty minutes, maybe. Yes. See, so we don't have to go on a mission to Africa. No. There are people that are called to do that. Yes. But you, if you're thinking about working for God, look around you. There may be someone that needs food one day a week or whatever. What, someone whatever. that needs a smile or a, a smile. Or a hug. <laughs> you bet. Yeah. Or for us to slow down and let them in the lane ahead of them. Yes. Us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's just, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. 
Um, that's just the way things are in this life. That uh, as as we learn, as we learn to walk with Christ, things are going to change. Mm-hmm. You can't stamp out sin. You can't wait it out. You have to crowd it out. You have to crowd it out. And Jesus always asked. I don't want to say always, but it's recorded many times that before he healed someone, he asked them, do you want to be made well? Only we can answer that for ourselves. Only we can, and it's a very good question. So I ask anyone that's listening right now that's struggling, do you want to be made well? You're the only one that can answer that question. And you need to come to the great physician. That's right. Now, next week, we'll head into week 10 of the book, Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. If you'd like to get a hold of the book, you can give us a call at 916-645-1297. Remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series Questions from Prison. There truly is hope for anyone whose life is in addiction captivity. Whether behind walls or not, Rich and Susan are living testimonials and they've created this seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for someone you know, or if you're a member of a church and you'd like to create a ministry in the area of addiction, Rich and Susan can help you get started. Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. Call 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.